Welcome to the Winner Circle with Derek Pang and Bianca Leger. On this podcast, we'll introduce you to real-world heroes who have stepped outside their safe, known worlds to pursue and live their win, their best lives. This is a choice we all get to make. The intention behind these conversations is to uplift, inspire, and empower you to move forward with greater faith, trust, and belief in yourself on your hero's journey ahead. Let's go, hero. All right. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Welcome to the Winter Circle. And on today's episode, alongside co-host Bianca Leger, we interview Reverend Shannon Smelda, an ordained minister, spiritual minister, teacher, metaphysician, Reiki master, Akashic reader, mental health advocate, business executive, and former Miss Canada, who returns to the show for her second appearance. Welcome to the Winter Circle, Shannon. Thank you so much. It's so good to be back here. It's it's great to have you. I'm so excited for this. (laughs) So as I asked you on your first appearance, like over half a year ago now, I'm going to ask you that same question because life is ever changing. And Shannon, what do you love about your world right now? Um, So much, everything. Um, Yeah, no regrets about anything. Um, the biggest thing in my life would have to be my guru, which is my son. So that's what I'm going to say for this one. Um, yeah, I just love how close we've become and how, you know, much of a teacher he is in my life. It's kind of funny. We're working on his, um, learning experiences for school this year. And, uh, Part of them is writing down every single question that he has on a document because there are so many. And the funny thing is they're all like metaphysical, uh, philosophical questions like who are we and where do we come from and that kind of a thing. So he continuously keeps me, you know, questioning the, uh, the bigger questions in life. So that is what I love right now. And mm. I just also have to say like all of the good things that are happening in the world. There's so many, we've all been through so much in the past year and a half um there are so many good things happening even though all of this chaos is going on so I'd have to say that is just like focusing on all of the love and all the positivity amidst all of this chaos can Mm. I just take a moment and thank you for this because I feel like our ultimate gift is what we bring into this world and as energy healer as a I mean, let's just look at all the titles that you've earned here in this physical form. There's so much attention that is brought up to the catering of our beliefs, which creates our perception. And the fact that you can say that you love everything about your world is such a gift to us. And um, you saying that your son is your guru, it for me, I I uh, I'm used to work as an elementary school teacher, and I always felt like my students were my gurus because also kids are less conditioned than we are, so they're in tune with something that we kind of tend to lose lose a sense of sometimes. I'm really curious as to what is a lesson that your son has brought to you recently. What is something like you recall learning from from your son? From him? Oh my goodness. It would have to be empathy. 100%. He 
you know, I look at him, and I'm going to try to not cry here, but, you know, I look at him and I wish that I could be as good as he is. Um, like his heart is so pure and it aches for even people that, you know, like we try to not judge other things that are going on, but, you know, even the villain, his heart is so pure. He cares for, you know, the villain. And, you know, I just look at him when he says, oh, he gets so sad, you know, if he sees someone in pain or that's hurting and he just wants to help everyone, even the villain, <laughs> as I said. And it's just, you know, if I, my goal in life, if I can reach that state of enlightenment, it would just be absolutely, you know, amazing. Mm-hmm. So that's the biggest lesson I've learned is to love from him to love everyone, no matter what, you know, everyone's going through their certain journey, this evolution of consciousness that we're moving through. And it's just, yeah, everyone has that light and, and to know that everyone can be loved no matter what. It deserves. Yeah. What a gift. And to be able to recognize it also, it, it inspires us to move in that direction to follow that light if a kid's got it it's like we must have it somewhere in us too Mm -hmm. yeah and I love what you said about you know the children just being so pure and and I think it's by age of seven is when their pineal glands actually start this they say anyway um the research and science say that their pineal gland starts to calcify at age seven so before seven those are like the crucial years when they're still open to we're gonna you know and we'll talk about energy a little bit later in this, but, you know, they're open to all these kinds of things before they start to get really conditioned by our society and, and all of these other things. So yeah, they, you know, it's like there's these children nowadays are just coming into the world to make the world a better place and fix all of the things that as older people have done to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So as Bianca mentioned, you, I listed so many amazing titles and accomplishments you've earned um, over time. So I would like to revisit your mission. We re- revisited your mission on our first episode um, and our mission is can be always changing. So right here, right now, what is your mission here in this reality plane, Shannon, that encompasses all that you do from the professional fields that you play in to your personal life? What is your overarching mission? And what have you been up to these last six months? What does a life look like in your day? Yeah. Yeah. I love how things can always change and, and, you know, beyond everything, it's always, it's always to just emit love and, and peace and happiness and do what I can in this world to try to help others beyond, you know, or I guess, for whatever capabilities I, I have. Um, it's funny that you mention all the titles and, and I just feel there's no limit and I'm so interested in learning things. That's why I keep just finding, <laughs> finding you know, uh, more things to take and move into and get certified in um, just because life is so interesting. It's like, look at all that we can learn here. You know, why not? Um, why not learn all of these different things? So, um, and the purpose is, you know, to add a tool at a time to the toolbox and see how you can 
build that toolbox to share it with others and help other people. And I have been so blessed to have so many great teachers in my life. And from each of them, I've, you know, got a little tool and added it to the toolbox. And then you go and, um, you know, there's people along the way that need your help and you share those lessons with them. Right. And I think we all do that and we can all do that. Um, and if we all do that, it would just be such a better world because <laughs> we'd all be working together and supporting each other. I don't know if mm. I sidetracked there a little bit, but um, yeah, overarching is really just helping others and being of service. Mm. It, 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 it encompasses so much because we talk about life and how beautiful it is and how it manifests through all of us all the time. And we do have all these message, these messages for each other. And um, I, I'm really also interested in how we can tune in to what makes us happy depending on the days, the moments, and and figuring that out also it's such an exploration of like what do I need so that I can be of my highest service because I want to bring in joy into this world so like how do I create that for myself this is a very interesting question mm -hmm. um what do you use right now to create all this do you have like practices or things right now that like put you in that state of like bring the most joy to the world yeah I <laughs> some of them I probably can't share because they might be a little bit too woo woo <laughs> it's good to have some mystery too <laughs> it's uh you know well the biggest thing is um is being in the moment and and I know we hear that from all the you know self-help books out there and the power of now which is amazing but it's being in life, I think is the biggest thing that helps me experience life. And we get wrapped up in all the stories in our minds and the movies that we watch in the mind. And we actually forget to actually live life and look outside the window and see nature and be nature and feel nature and, and all of that. Um, so that would be the biggest thing is constantly bringing myself back into actually living life and being in life and experiencing it through the senses in that moment rather than being stuck in my head, which is so easy to do. We all know, right? Um, in regards to practices to kind of keep me grounded and balanced, um, I really work with the elements. That would be one of the biggest things that I do. It's because we really are made of elements. It's funny, my son, you know, he says we're half earth and we're half stardust. <laughs> and, um, and the earth is such like a big thing that we need, we need to connect with because if our elements are out of balance, then we're out of balance. So, you know, continuously balancing those elements within us is um is important so i do a practice called buddha shuti i don't know if i mentioned this in the last um episode but it's uh, a daily practice that i do in the morning before my meditation and pranayama and asana and it really just works on balancing the elements within the system the five different elements and then to go along with that there are practices that my son and i both do to to really connect with the elements so a fun one we like to do our wind baths <laughs> so um 
I, I can go through all the elements if you want, but for wind, it's, it's super fun because you just find a windy day and you just stand in the wind and you just feel the wind blowing on you. And you can do this for 20 minutes and it's super cleansing. Um, you can do fire baths. So they say typically um, in the Ayurvedic lineage, three minutes per side of the body every day. So three minutes in the front and then you turn around three minutes in the back, even just having like an oil lamp lit in your house all day, especially if you're going through some kind of an illness, it's super beneficial. Um, for earth, <laughs> you, you can just, an easy thing would be to just put your feet in the mud. But, um, if I'm ever going through, you know, um, if you catch a cold or, you know, you're not feeling well or anything like that, or you just need to amp up your energy, you would take mud. If you have the beauty, which is like a sacred ash, you can mix it with that. But if you don't have that, you can just mix it with water. Um, and you make a paste and then you put it on your palms, the soles of your feet, and then you want to put it on um, the eyebrow chakra, the pit of the throat, right between the breastbone and then right below the belly button. Um, and you could actually smear it over as much of your body as you can to really just connect with the earth as well. And you want to leave it on for two hours and 40 minutes. And I don't know why exactly it's two hours and 40 minutes, but that's the instruction as per my guru. And it just is, is so great in just balancing that, that earth element within you. And then um, for the Akash element, it's just, you know, taking a minute in the day and, you know, putting your hands in prayer and, and just looking out to the universe and thanking all of these rules that we have on this planet for keeping us in place, you know, so we don't fly out into the universe. <laughs> you know, gravity is a good one. Um, and then of course, water, just, you know, having reverence for water is a huge thing that, um, that I do daily, especially with, um, Reiki, I use Reiki to, um, like cleanse my water. And every time you drink water, it's just thinking of it and giving it reverence and thanking the water for giving you life because without water, we would not be alive. We, life cannot exist without water. So, um, you know, just giving it that reverence and then before your practices, just washing your hands and cleansing your face. And, um, you know, if you go out into the world and you pick up energies that you don't want on you and you can feel those energies come home and, you know, you can sage and incense and all that stuff, but take a shower and cleanse, you know, anytime you have a bath or you, you have a shower, you always feel better. Right. Um, so, and, and partly it's because it's cleansing that, you know, that energetic kosha within you. Um, we pick up things all the time from other people, especially when we go out into the world. So using that water element to balance it within you and then to cleanse. So <clears throat> I could go on forever about that, but I'll stop there. Um, I, I love how we're bringing attention to all the elements right now, especially because mother earth needs it so much. She, she needs our love. And, um, there's also all these science experiments that are becoming more known to the general public about how the molecular structure of water is transformed through our attention and intention. So just giving it thanks before we drink and, and acknowledging how beautiful and life-giving it is, is actually transforming it on a molecular level. And I'm really happy that we get to speak about this right now, because for the people listening, 
we can remind them that they also have this power to just before you drink your glass of water give it thanks call it beautiful say that it's clear and crystalline and perfect and just by doing that we're literally like altering the chemical composure of it so if everybody does that if everybody is at least aware that we have this power we're, we're kind of creating a beautiful ripple to to echo on to um all of earth so yeah thanks for bringing that up absolutely and if you think about it everyone is made of water and food is also made of water so giving reverence to your food is going to change that composition of the water within the food and therefore your food is actually going to react differently within you when you eat it and you consume it um and even just you know giving reverence to other people too right um everything we can we can do that and it just it, it does change the energy and it makes a huge difference and um the only thing people can do is try it right and see how it impacts their own life yes mm-hmm. for the skeptical ones out there i had a co-worker who just did a simple experiment of having two plants on their kitchen counter and telling one in the morning i love you and telling the other one nasty things and one of the plants grew a lot faster and a lot bigger so it just goes to show how our words have a frequency and how our attention and intention is is um transforming in the material in the material realm what we are um the object of our focus absolutely (laughs) yeah so for the skepticals out there they can try that and kind of realize like oh i i have a superpower that i might have not not known before (laughs) Mm -hmm. so what we're talking about right now all falls in the metaphysical realm um, I believe everything that we're talking about, the Ayurveda koshas, Reiki, the power of the spoken word. Mm-hmm. Um, let's e- examine the metaphysic world. Um, this is something that you are deeply entrenched and passionate about, Shannon. Um, <laughs> ha- but as a scientist, you actually come from a science background. A wrestler used to be a wrestler, an athletic, scientific background. How did you stumble? upon the medical medical physical world um, and get to learn its true abundance and infinite magnitude that we could bring into a reality uh, by applying it to our being it's it's kind of interesting um because i have a lot of people say that it's like well you have a science background and i'm still actually taking science um courses and involved in the like newtonian physics um science and it's just so interesting and I think a lot of it would be curiosity you know it's like okay so when we look at a cell and all the different types of cells that we have and how they do what they do in the human body it's like how do they do that you know and right now science doesn't know that but we can in a way maybe have a theory of it through metaphysics right so what i'm interested in is you know the why behind all of it so we figured out this is what they do and what function they perform in the body but you know they can actually be altered you know 
their their function and it's like they even say you know the the cell didn't originally have the mitochondria the mitochondria they say was like a bacteria that came into the cell and ended up you know being a part of cell and evolved over time so it's like how do all these things happen and why do they happen and um what's beyond that you know so what um what's between the cells you know what what's beyond all of that and that's when we get into the metaphysical world we get into um beyond the body beyond the physical beyond the mind so most of our science is focused on body it's slowly developing and bringing more of the mind into it but there's way more beyond all of that you know they say physical makes up you know one percent of the universe there's so much that we don't know and there's so much you know out there um so that's what metaphysics is it's that other 99 percent um, and science is starting to study it and, and the things that metaphysicians knew and yogis knew 5,000, 10,000, you know, we go back into the Egyptian times, um, that these, these people knew they're just starting to figure out and confirm with science. And it's, it's kind of like coming back full circle in a way. Um, so that's why I love it so much is it's that other 99%. Um, and they work, they work together, you know, um, it's, it's interesting to know the 1% and the 99% because then you get the whole picture. And, and that ties with the element of Akash. Is that right? The space around us, the, the realm of the unseen, is that kind of what we're referring to with the metaphysical? Yeah. The Akash would be the space. Yeah, what it def what it definitely translates into um, the akashic records is is a whole other thing enveloped in that. So yeah, can we talk a little bit about the akashic record? Um, the way I understand it, and tell me how far off I am. And yeah, let's just clarify that. So akashic records has the word akash in it. So I I related with the space around, and I related with ourselves holding information. So is it like something that's around us um, that we carry? Is that the akashic record? It wouldn't be anything physical. <laughs> so um, I guess you could imagine it any way that you would want to imagine it, but it's basically the storehouse of all information that ever was, is, and will be. Um, so it's basically everything in the whole universe at the same time. Well, if we get deep into it, they say that time is just, you know, a figment of our <laughs> making. But um, yeah, it's that record of everything that ever was, is, and will be. And when people tap into that, um, some people can do it naturally. Some people do it without even wanting to do it. <laughs> it just happens. Um, yeah, it's, um, it's just an interesting way to be able to, I guess, for example, I use it to make decisions in my life. Um, and I read them for other people to help them make decisions for themselves. So, for example, um, 
an Akashic reader or someone who's tapped into that um, ether, into that Akash would be able to go into a room um, or let's say they would be able to pick up a book and sense the energy of every person who's read that book. Or they would be able to go into a room and look at a person and be able to um, see their whole past, future, and um, present. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's just a way of tapping into that everything. My guru actually um, has tapped into that space so deeply that he can go to any place on the earth and he'll just download the whole history of that place. Um, and he, um, yeah, even all the, you know, scriptures and stuff that they have, he's, he's been able to just download all that information. So, you know, and I think people out there themselves, everyone has access to the cash. You know, if you just sit um, and you're looking for an answer for something and it comes to you, that's accessing the Akash, right? And you're like, where did that come from? <laughs> mm-hmm. Into that, that field, that di- dimension of everything. Right. So if somebody's wondering, like, how do I even start accessing this? Are we, we're talking about meditation and kind of looking for a center in ourselves, trying to kind of get um, still. It definitely helps. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, finding that within clearing out the clutter to be able to access that. You know, if we think of it, um, I wish I could do a drawing for you, but um, I'm here. Subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be looking. <laughs> if we think, um, so this is like, you know, if you think of a veil in between. Um, and this is what we think of as life. And this is everything on this side of the veil. Um, accessing the Akash would be, you know, lifting the veil, basically. And I think we hear this all the time in yoga, um, you know, Maya, the veil of illusion, right? Mm-hmm. And having access to the Akash is lifting that illusion, that veil um, that's kind of been constructed for us in a way. Because if you think, um, everything that we think and that we do is generally from what we've been taught, what we've learned, um, and then our experiences, so memory. So when we lift the veil of the Akash or we erase the veil of the Akash, or not the Akash, we erase the veil of Maya, we are basically lifting it. And then we're having access to everything that is, which is way enlightenment, be one way of saying it um and it's why people do their practices and it's why you know and it can actually be done through through yogic practices um to get to that you know to access everything everyone has access to it um and it's just you know everyone has their own journey that they're on for their evolve the evolution of consciousness and and yeah it's the illusion of self Mm -hmm. exactly (laughs) how we change and evolve and it's a good reminder to keep up those practices um for everybody of all levels because um we're all like learning how to become i don't know like clear channels does that make sense Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. it's it's fascinating 
Mm-hmm. So another very fascinating subject that Bianca and I are thrilled to talk to you about um, is something you and I talked with Shannon at the end of our last podcast, episode 39. And you and I had kind of our own special one hour <laughs> private podcast. I wish I were recorded, but we're going to record that conversation now. And that has everything to do with the world of psychedelics in the words of Sergio Simpson from his one of my favorite songs turtles all the way down marijuana marijuana LSD psilocybin and DMT they all change the way I see and let's throw in MDMA ayahuasca ketamine and wachuma as other medicines that are really helping people with that illusion of self and transcending beyond and you host Maps Canada. They're examining the psychedelic renaissance virtual webinar series, um, seasons one, season two. And you've also hosted um, the World Psychedelic Day. So this is a field that you're also very passionate about. And I would like to talk more about. So um, let's just start about um, why you're interested in psychedelics, why um, you got involved with hosting that psychedelic world psychedelic day and what have you learned on that path oh my goodness how much time do we have (laughs) (laughs) we would need hours upon hours to um to like explain it all but i am so grateful for the opportunity to have been involved with uh maps and world psychedelics day and it's it's kind of interesting how i stumbled into it because before I actually got involved with psychedelics, um, I was not aware that, um, you know, exactly what they did in, in regards to the evolution of consciousness, uh, because I was focused, you know, I've been trained as a yogi for, what, I don't know, 15, 16, 20 years, a long time <laughs> now, and I've been teaching teachers and teaching for, I don't know, 15 years now, maybe. Um, so, you know, and, and going into deep states of meditation and journeys and all of that kind of stuff, um, without any kind of psychedelic. So I've, you know, been doing that. And when I found out that psychedelics were a tool to be able to peek over the wall per se, um, I was so, um, interested in that you know, curious about it. And, you know, it's like we work, we do these practices and meditation to be able to evolve our consciousness so that we are permanently looking over that wall. Um, Psychedelics in a way give one the ability to have a trampoline. And with this trampoline, um, they can take jumps and peek over the wall you know, with each medicine ceremony that they do. And I got involved with Canada, I think it was four, five years ago now, um, as a volunteer, um, initially because of um, helping them with, with um, consulting with their um, financial fundraising um, aspects of it. And, uh, and through interviewing all of these scientists these doctors, these specialists, um, these researchers. I've interviewed probably over 50, 50, 60, I don't know now, like some of the top in the world, some of the 
you know, most historical people in psychedelics like Amanda Fielding and Andrew Weil and Dennis McKenna and Paul Stamets. Um, and the list goes on. Like I've had such a privilege by interviewing them. I got to listen to them for, you know, an hour to 90 minutes each. So I've spent like hundreds of hours listening to these people and I've learned so much about how psychedelics can help people, how they can help people, not only mentally, but physically. Um, they're finding in some of their research that, um, you know, psilocybin helps to reduce inflammation. And they're finding this out by accident through the clinical trials. You know, we all know by now that psilocybin helps with depression. Um, and, they're, and they're finding this through, you know, they're conducting research for all of this. There's so many universities that are doing this. And it's kind of interesting because of the war on drugs. Um, so people have that that thought that psychedelics are bad. Psychedelics are, you know, it's, it's a bad thing. They're going to fry your brain. Well, no, actually they increase the activity in the brain. Um, you know, it's actually the opposite. So, and, and they're helping people heal from PTSD, which is super hard to heal from. And they're helping people heal from depression and from traumas and from all of these kind of things. And it's, and it's, interesting how they were even banned in the first place and if you read Michael Pollan's book he goes through like the whole history of it and he talks about the war on drugs and he talks about how you know people's minds were changed or conditioned to think that they're a bad thing when these medicines have actually they're on our planet they've been growing on our planet for thousands of years and people have been using them in ceremony for thousands and thousands of years um, and, and still are, and um, they're healing when pharmaceuticals can't, and they don't cost money like pharmaceuticals do. In a lot of cases, they're free because they grow on the earth. So there's just so many things that I could say about them um, in regards to how beneficial they are, but um, maybe, is there any area specifically that you want me to go into about it? What are you most passionate about? Like, what of those medicines that I listed? Um, MDMA, ayahuasca, ketamine, wachuma, psilocybin, marijuana, um, DMT. Which of those um, has been the tool that has meant the most for you on your journey? I would have to say that I probably know the most about and the one... I guess medicine out of all of those that has had the most effect in my life would be psilocybin. Um, they say that it's actually one of the safest medicines. Um, it's very hard to overdose on psilocybin. And if someone was to even take a very, very, very large dose of it, it probably would be very difficult <laughs> um, emotionally and mentally, because for those of you who have taken a large dose, you know, above six or seven or eight or nine or 10 grams of it, know that um, you face life as you know it. And life as you know it, in a way, the veil is lifted. Mm -hmm. So it's like taking 10, 20, 30, 40 years of yogic practice of slowly chipping away at the veil 
and just removing it completely <laughs> in six hours. Yeah. So for some people, you know, if you take everything you've known in this life, um, when you slowly chip away at it, it's really easy. That's why they say that, um, you know, enlightenment typically happens slowly. And when it happens quickly for people, that's when people tend to, you know, go crazy because everything they know com completely just falls away. So with psychedelics and especially a large journey with psilocybin, that happens, right? It's the dissolution of the ego of the self. And, um, and when that happens, people are ch changed profoundly. Um, so, you know, they're using it right now for end of life therapy. Um, and it's giving people so much comfort, especially people with, um, um, I know they're doing it right now in Vancouver with people that are terminally ill, you know, and dying with cancer. And they're taking, they're now legally able to take psilocybin on special cases at the end of their life um, to be able to dissolve that ego and help them die peacefully, right? You know, and 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 through that, they might even realize that death is also an illusion. That's something else we can get into another episode. Uh -huh. <laughs> Yeah. But um, yeah, it's just everything, PTSD, depression, there's, there's all these universities um, um, studying it right now, Johns Hopkins, you know, um, so many different specialists working with it. I actually believe, I don't know when this is going to air, but Robin Carhart Harris is, um, is a, a doctor who will be speaking about, um, I believe he's comparing acetalopram with psilocybin and how you know they affect the brain differently and um he's definitely someone that um is good to follow there's so many researchers and scientists out there um that you can follow and just to learn more information about it and that's the place to start is to really just do your research learn more information take part in the webinars and and just know that you know this is a, is a medicine that is helping our planet that is connecting people um unifying people and it's not something that is is bad mm -hmm. and another thing that's very important after doing your research and um the research is important but another thing after you do the psychedelics is the integration the integration of the lessons learned and the realizations and the ahas from that process so can you talk to us about that the importance of integration um in terms uh in in regards to a psychedelic experience it's it's kind of <laughs> how i like to explain it is um you can imagine that you're living on earth which we are and then you leave earth and you realize everything that you ever knew is completely changed and then you come back to earth you need a manual how to live knowing what you now know mm -hmm. so if you can know everything in the universe have access to everything and then have to live in this world where 99% of the people around you don't have access to that akash it could be quite difficult especially if you're going to go talk to your friend Joe or Sally or whoever and try to explain to them this no this is the way the universe really actually is no this is what I experienced you know 
in, in most cases, actually, and I think in history, they either burnt you, yeah. um, set you on fire as a witch, or they, you know, killed you. Um, you know, even just like if we go into Catholicism and religion, like with, you know, look what they did to It's you. It's a click. All right, that's my, <laughs> that's, my um, that's my clock on my computer. Um, but yeah, it's just, um, so it's, you know, integration is like that welcome back to earth manual. So mm-hmm. how do you live on earth knowing what you know now? It's mm-hmm. like, it's like becoming enlightened in a way. And I'm not saying psychedelics are enlightenment. It's a tool to be able to, like I said, peek over that wall, right? And then integration is like building the steps to be able to continuously have that view over the wall Mm -hmm. so it's almost like um doing the work coming back and doing the work so doing the work on yourself but also doing the work to be able to be a a service and like you said earlier um Bianca about you know making yourself strong and good so that you're able to help and be of service to other people so it's um in that welcome back to earth manual (laughs) and the integration it tells you you know how you can you know make yourself better and there's there's specialists and there's um um you know psychologists who who specialize in integration and working with psychedelics and a lot of the time not a lot of the time all of the time these people have to have had those experiences themselves in order to be able to guide people through you know welcome back to earth so um, Mm. amazing people there unfortunately a lot of them have had to be underground just because a lot of these medicines have been made illegal um however a lot of these people are amazing lifesavers that have saved people from suicide um deep depression anxiety um they're even doing research now for eating disorders like anything really um can be worked with through these these natural medicines some of them Mm -hmm. some of them actually are um you know engineered um, one of them i'm actually going to be speaking about is um an engineered medicine a form of mdma that's going to be used to help treat alcoholism so there's like there's so many different um things out there tools Mm -hmm. in the realm of psychedelics so let's take a peek at the welcome back manual of Shannon. So from your welcome back manual that you've compiled thus far, what are the top three words of wisdom from that welcome back manual that you've brought back from the etheric realm into the real world? So it's so interesting. Um, you know, once you experience that state of consciousness, there's no um, unlearning, there's no unseeing what you've seen, there's no unlearning what you've learned, there's no unknowing. Um, And the biggest thing would be just to be open and know that it's a journey. Um, Everything that I had learned in my 15 years of yoga, um, finally made sense once I went into a psychedelic experience. It made sense in a second, 15 years of study and of work and um, 
you know, from that, that hard work, I gained the, you know, what do you do? Okay, we meditate, we do yoga, we do pranayama. But really, why do we do all of these things? And when I was able to leave this planet, <laughs> leave my body, <laughs> die in a way, and the interesting thing about it is um, I was dying. I was dying physically and I was dying mentally. Um, and psychedelics in a way saved my life. I would not be here if it, you know, if I hadn't died. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah, it's just um, the biggest thing would just be knowing that whatever you know or you think you know, there's always more. <laughs> there's, you know, a huge universe out there of stuff that we don't know. And, you know, even speaking of what I'm speaking now, there's so much more, you know, I don't know everything, but the cool thing about life and the exciting thing about life is discovering it and being curious about it. Yeah. And looking forward to all these new experiences, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Super exciting. So I know that's one, that's step one of the manual, but yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so exciting. It's um uh, it's like studying the structure of, of everything around us and, and understanding ourselves through it. It's I don't know, to me there's no more fascinating topic than life itself. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there's so much, right? And you know, we're always other things outside of ourselves. Um, Netflix can be a great way of <laughs> supplying those things to to us, but it's just life on itself is so exciting. We've conditioned, we've been conditioned to not pay attention to any of that, right? And just the way that, that society is built up is we're forced in a way to, you know, not spend time living. We're thinking about what we have to do, you know, later that day, we're thinking about the bills that need to be paid, you know, for the mortgage and, you know, the, all of these other things that are put on us by society when really, it's funny because I just mentioned this before we first record, but it's like you could really just move out to the forest and build a homestead and just connect with nature and be self-sustained and you wouldn't have to like worry about all of it. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> you know, it's, mm-hmm. um, and actually if we all did that, we'd probably, you know, maybe a little bit the self and extinction that we're path, you know, that path that we're on right now. Mm-hmm. Reconnecting with nature, yeah. One thing that you're very curious about, um, then you've explored the path, which I have yet to explore, and that is the world of Reiki. Um, Tell us about how you got into Reiki and what exactly is the Reiki? uh, What is Reiki? Um, As a Reiki master yourself, I just want to know a little bit more. Give me a thread so that I can begin to further examine that path that I don't know much about right now. Yeah, well, Reiki is energy. Reiki is a form of moving energy in a way, I guess you can say. Um, So the key, or you've probably heard of chi, um, is life force energy within us. It's also called prana. So you might've heard that in the little yogic lineage. So it's affecting, manipulating, moving 
the energy within us for positive benefit. So, um, Reiki is used a lot for pain. It's used a lot for healing. It's a healing type of a practice is generally what it's used for. However, I don't think we can technically say that um, because of the rules of society, <laughs> but it, it does help people heal. Um, and it can be used for all different kinds of things, for protection, for, you know, um, goal setting for affirmations for manifesting um a lot of people reiki their goals and their affirmations um people can give reiki to themselves they can give it to others they can give it to animals like the earth um though it's just it's just a practice that is hugely beneficial it's a huge part of my life i use it every day my son is attuned he uses it every day it's our go-to healing process so you know since my son was a child um he's practiced i think it was, he was three years old when i attuned him to reiki and you know if you fall off your bike and you hurt your knee you give a break, right and so basically you use your hands and you put it on the area that it wore that it hurts and you're sending positive intention and love to that area and it works you know and so if there's any kind of ailment that you have in your body you know if you have a headache you you know are charging your hands and you're bringing your hands to your head and you're putting it on your forehead or you're putting it on your heart or wherever it hurts so it's just that sending of energy manipulation of energy for a positive um result might be the short answer there's so much i could say about it but it's hugely helped my journey my process yeah one thing that's spoke my curiosity just from that um brief introduction is um that we could self-deliver reiki would it be possible for you to guide bianca and i and the listeners through a short um self-guided reiki practice that we could do um listening to digitally here right now sure yeah i can i can send you reiki um so for those of you out there who are interested in reiki reiki is passed down through attunements so in order to treat others or treat yourselves you'd want to look into getting attuned to reiki there's levels one two three and then master so i'm just going to show i can show you like an easy like self-care um we'll just go through the basic chakras for reiki if we want to do that yeah, yeah that sounds great I'm going to use a type of Reiki called Holy Fire Reiki, um, and it's a very high frequency type of energy, type of vibration. So all you want to do is just imagine, you know, the positive energy flowing, and, um, and I'll send you both Reiki, but I'll get you to do the practice along with me, okay? Um, so first of all, just want to, you know, sit up nice and straight. Ground your feet on the floor. And it'll be a sort of a meditation. So just take your palms, first of all, and rub them together. It's creating a little friction, a little bit of heat. And, you know, from yoga, Anjali Mudra. So let's just take it into Anjali Mudra. And from yoga, you guys might know that with Anjali Mudra, you are balancing Ida and Pingala two of the main nadis that wind up around Shishuma, which is our main energy channel. You may or may not be able to feel a vibration 
in your palms and your hands right now. And you can even just close your eyes and see if you can sense that warmth or that vibration starting to develop. Now it's good to do this practice for five minutes. If you can hold an Anjali Mudra for about five minutes every day, it's hugely beneficial. We're going to move on. So just recharge again, rubbing your hands together. And we're going to start with the top chakra. So we're just going to take our hands and put them on the top of our head. So we're working with seventh chakra here. And I won't stay as long as I normally do. Generally, you want to spend about three to five minutes on each chakra if you're self-treating. We'll just stay for a few seconds just so we can get the idea. Just notice any sensations. Your breathing should be normal. If you're joining in with us, you can close your eyes. And we're just going to take our hands and charge them again. And you can just take them and put them over your eyes. So we have chakras in both of our palms and we're just sending that energy back into the body, into the chakra. This is a good position after you're done any kind of asana or any kind of meditative practice. Over the eyes, third eye. Let's just take our hands together again and rub them. And we'll take it on the throat. So just one hand over each other on the throat chakra. If you're giving any kind of a talk or a speech, or you're going into an important meeting, and you want to ensure that you're speaking the truth, this would be a good chakra to give some Reiki to. This is our chakra of truth, fifth chakra. All right, and we'll move on to the heart. And just nice, even breathing. All right, we'll move to next chakra right above the belly button the chakra of fire power strength
right. And going down to the second chakra, just below the belly button, water. Our chakra of creativity. And the last chakra. So this last one is up to you, how you wish to um, send Reiki energy to it. So <laughs> for those of you um, that want to, um, you can just put your hands right on your hips and it'll send it right to the root chakra. Or for those of you that want to, you can place your hands right on your root chakra um, if, you, if you know where that is. So you can send energy to that root chakra. So this is the, the earth chakra, our chakra of stability. And when this one is imbalanced or blocked, it's hard for the energy to move up. Right. Now just take your hands again. And I like to do a little bit of a cleanse as well after. So you can just take your hand down each arm. And you know, if there's anything that you need to like wipe away, you know, you can like flick it off if you need to. <laughs> and I like to send, you know, the energy up and just like, if there's anything else you need to like just shake off or get rid of, it's also a good practice. And this is good. So, you know, if you go out and you come home or um, for those that are practitioners out there before you actually treat anyone, I always used to do it before I taught yoga. Um, just because if you're coming in as a yoga teacher and you're helping to hold space for all these people, you want to make sure you're balanced and you're grounded as well. And let's say you just came from like, I don't know, a shopping mall and there's all these energies around you, you know, you're going to bring those energies into the class. Um, so it's a good way to, you know, just ground and bring yourself back and balance your chakras and your energies as well so it's also good to do after yoga class for those teachers yoga teachers out here because when you're holding space as a teacher you're also being susceptible to picking up all those energies that people are coming to class and dumping as well um, because through yoga we're going to be releasing those energies that's part of the reason why we do it um, so as a teacher you're highly susceptible to up those energies that's why some yoga teachers do actually become ill themselves is because they don't have that protection that blocking of that energy that's a whole other mm -hmm. thing as well so mm -hmm. yeah that is a, just a very short brief reiki if you're doing it on your own you could la you could take like an hour you could spend five or ten minutes on each um chakra um but just you know you're imagining sending that love and that light if you want to imagine like a bright white light coming into each chakra you can do that as well ah thank you thank you thank you that was so beautiful um and at the end of our last episode you left us with a few words of wisdom and those wisdom words of wisdom were play have fun don't take life too seriously laugh love enjoy be present be here now and as we close today is there any words of wisdom that you feel called to share to close. I would definitely repeat those ones. <laughs> but it's like, 
you know, we do take life too seriously. Um, <laughs> if you think about it, we're a bunch of, a bunch of um, organisms that are living on a rock floating around in the universe. <laughs> like how funny is that? Kind of crazy. <laughs> when we come here and we think we can make up all these rules. <laughs> yeah. That in itself is silly. So, you know, yeah. it's like enjoy the experience, you know, it's just, it's, yeah, yeah, things bad, terrible, terrible things are happening on this planet right now. Um, but beyond, you know, in between all of that, we have to really hold on to the good parts of it, you know, find those good, good things because they are out there. And yeah, just as much as we can amidst all of the darkness that is happening is just find that light and and try to not take it too seriously, too much. Like, you know, put everything on your USB stick, you know, take that out of the computer. <laughs> and then, you know, that's all the, the negative stuff that you want to think about and only like put it in your computer maybe once a day for five minutes and and the rest of the time, just have a nice clean desktop. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Thank you. Bianca, any last words from you? A big thank you. Just thank you for uh, sharing your frequency with us and sharing your knowledge and your practices and spreading this awareness for people to know just how powerful they are and um, how much beauty we can create together. So thanks. Aww. Well, thank you guys. Thank you for letting me ramble. I know that I can do that sometimes. So hopefully. It's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it's so, so beautiful. <laughs> So they can find you online at shannonsmelda.com, on Instagram at Sh Shannon Smedella. You also have a podcast, the Dialed In Podcast, where they could check you out, interviewing all these wonderful guests from such a diverse background. Uh, anywhere else? Um, those would be the main sites. Yeah, just my website and Instagram, the podcast. Um, yeah, and all these wonderful people, including you, are on there as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thank you for that. So to close, we bring our fists in for our digital fist bump. Welcome to the winner circle. Boom. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Shannon. Thank you, Bianca. That's a wrap on today's episode. Aww, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. <laughs>